remain standing, I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out to the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Third chapter. By the way, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, those that study this book will be blessed. A lot of times people want to stay away from it. Ooh, it's scary. You want to be blessed? Study it. That's what it says. Last Sunday evening, can our 18th anniversary, God uh, gave me a sermon from Revelations chapter 2, okay, dealing with the church in, in, in Smyrna, okay, and we covered that, and we mentioned the fact that the church in Smyrna was still around today, 2,000 years later, okay, uh, because of the fact of a lot of the things that it had gone through, okay, but I want to cover today and the church in Smyrna and the church in Philadelphia are very, very similar in the things uh, dealing with God's commendation to those churches. So I want to begin reading now today in, in verse 7 of chapter 3 of Revelation. This says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. And a lot of times the translators say the angel means the pastor. Okay, These are the words of him who is holy and true. Holy and true. Who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And when it shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. In other words, your works. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not. They were wannabes. But are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet. And acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, or hupomeno. Remember we've studied that word hupomeno? Patient endures. There it is again. It, it, they use it in Romans 2, but here it is in, again in Revelation 10. Endure patiently. I will also keep you. Okay, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a what? Pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will, be, will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches. Father, I pray that you would utilize... Lord God, uh, this portion uh, uh, of the service, Lord God, to uh, illuminate the minds of your people. Uh, let this word work a sediment in their lives. Lord God, let us grow thereby and let us become better Christians, Lord God, and, and more able Christians as well. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Again, just in case you weren't at the 18-year service that we had uh, last Sunday night, I just want to uh, go over a little bit of what I spoke on dealing with the church of Smyrna. Remember, Smyrna was given the name of Smyrna, which has to do with myrrh. And myrrh has to do with perfume. And perfume has to do, how is perfume made? With a pounding. You get flowers and you pound on them. You get Christians and you pound on them. Uh, that's, how you, that's how the Smyrna was made. That's how, that's how you'll be a sweet-smelling savor to God. Uh, that's how you'll become a perfume. To the Lord. And how many have been pounded on a few times? My famous statue. Uh, I've been pounded on a few times. But you're a sweet smelling savor. That's how you're, that's how you're made. You want to be a Christian, man? You're going to have to take it sometimes. And so the church in Smyrna, again, they were still standing on today. 
And, and that city had been very, very uh, progressive, very prosperous city. But the Bible says that the Jews that were, uh, 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 there was Jews living in Smyrna that were very privy and very uh, friendly towards Rome. All right? And uh, 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 the Roman Empire had conquered almost the entire known world of that date. And so what the Jews had done in the city of Smyrna, okay, they were like kiss-ups. You ever know any kiss-ups? Don't, don't say yes. Uh, but that's what they were doing. The Jews in the city of Smyrna, many of them. Okay, so they didn't mind playing, uh, you know, and kissing up to, to the Romans government, okay? In order to get what they wanted, they wanted material things. They wanted wealth. And so they didn't mind kissing up to the powers that be. Thus, when the early church was being birthed, okay, stay with me now. When the early church was being birthed back in those days, uh, they thought the Jews that were persecuting the early church in Smyrna, they thought they were doing right. They thought they were on the right side. By siding with the Roman government, by joining in on, on persecuting and antagonizing the early Christians, okay? And they, they antagonized them, and they persecuted them very severely. They didn't fool around. They thought they were doing people justice, okay? So these early Christians at Smyrna, they had it rough and tough. They didn't have it easy. Their treatment was, was terrible, okay? And, 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 but how many know that when you treat somebody rough and tough, they can usually grow up to be rough and tough too? Huh? So what looked to be like something terrible turned out to be something good because the church of Smyrna is still around today. Matter of fact, the title of my sermon on Sunday was, Sunday night was, anybody remember? Come on, come on, come on, give me your best shot. Uh, remember that? Uh, it was about, you ever heard that saying, come on, come on? And what it was, it was, it, was, it was written by a man. If you ever saw the, the movie Braveheart, did you see Braveheart? Wasn't it a powerful movie? Uh, didn't you want to be born in those days with a sword? Hallelujah. Well, you can be born again in these days with a sword. Hallelujah, the Lord. Uh, you, can have, you can be a Braveheart now. It was written by a Braveheart kind of a guy who, who was up against the rock. And the army was coming. And he says, you know what? He says, this rock will fly before... You know, before, this rock will fly before I, before I run, before I leave. In other words, I ain't going nowhere. This rock ain't going nowhere. It's too big. He says, and neither am I. I'm too big too. So come on. <clears throat> but I ain't a runner. I ain't no baby. I ain't no sissy Christian. Uh, come on. Come on. Venga, look at venga. Come on. Let's go. And you have to have that kind of a mindset and attitude as a Christian. That's why we're entitled. Come on. Come on. The title of my sermon for today Dealing now with the church in Philadelphia. Because the church of Philadelphia and the church of Smyrna were so, so, uh, 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 how could you say, much alike. Very much alike. Because God messes with these seven churches. He uh, uh, commends the church in Smyrna and the church in Philadelphia. While, uh, okay, while he uh, condemns the other five churches. The other five churches in the book of, of Revelations, chapters 2 and 3, he con condemns them, but two of the churches he commends. And the reason I'm, I'm having this real mini-series here is because I want us to be a church that God will commend. I want us to be able to identify with the church of Smyrna and also the church of Philadelphia, to study about these churches and why they were long-lasting, why they were able to endure for us to be able to follow suit and be the same. So the title of my sermon here for today, and I'm going to you know, tell you why later on near the end of the sermon in a few hours. Okay? The title is, Hold Up, okay, like a pillar. What does a pillar do? It holds things up. Hold up, okay, not hold up. Or not hold up. You ever work with people that they hold you up? Uh, 
Brother, we're going to go take us. Come on, now we got to finish this work. We got to. Uh, any of those of you that work with construction and all that stuff, with you, those people that just hold you up, when's lunch? <laughs> we get Christians like that. We want to take the world and when's lunch? <laughs> Did he say two hours? Okay. <laughs> We're going to deal with the church in Smyrna. Now, in Christ's intro here in the letter, in this letter to, to uh, the church of Philadelphia, Christ mentions four, and I'm going to cover them very fast, four distinct things about himself. If you're taking notes, this is number one. First of all, he mentions four things about himself. Number one, Jesus mentions there in, in Revelation chapter 3, <clears throat> okay, is that he is holy. First of all, he says, the holy and true one. His claim is to be holy. He's, he's, he's a holy one. He claims to be spotless in character. He claims to be light, complete light, pure with no darkness, no shadow of turning, the Bible says. He is pure, without spot or without blemish. Absolutely perfect in character. That's his claim. Number one. His second claim, okay, see how fast we're moving? Secondly, he claims to be true blue in conduct as well. In other words, he's not only holy, but he's also pure, not only in, in, in his thought life, not only in, in, in what he is, but in what he does, in his actions. Okay, he claims to be true as well. Thus, since he is perfect in who he is, he then is perfect in what he does. Are you with me? Don't let me lose you now. I'm just setting you up. You're getting you ready here. All right? He's perfect in who he is, Almighty God, but he's also perfect in what he does. Years ago, I began a sermon by asking the congregation, who was Willie Mays? And everybody said, he was the all-star center fielder for the uh, San Francisco Giants. I said, no, no, he wasn't. And all the baseball fans said, yes, he was. I said, no, that's what he did. The dude was a gambler. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you gotta, that's who he, that's what he, you know, that's what he did. He played center field. But that's not who he was. Who he was was a different person. Somebody else, okay? So we're dealing here with, Jesus is the same is what I'm trying to say. He, who he says he is, is what he does. Okay, there's no shadow of turning. See, when the tree is good, so will the fruit be as well. I remember when I first got to Hayward, the first day, my wife and I, we took us many hours to get here. I remember seeing the rug, and I've told you before how I saw the rug right there. My son was with us. He laid down in between my wife and I. We went to sleep because we didn't have no bed. We fell asleep on the rug, and the rug was so comfortable back in those days. Well, that day. Uh, all this long riding, it was like, ah, and I felt, it was like, ah. I mean, we slept for hours. Remember, honey? We slept for hours. And when we got up, I said, oh, it's time to, to wash up. It's time to, you know, get clean. It's time to... So we went to go get clean. And when we turned on the faucet, it was all dirty. Ah. It's like, man. Now, come to find out, how many know that Hayward water is? Banaroos, roos. There's this good water. It's pure. I mean, it... Don't say nothing about Union City water. But the Hayward water is like, whoo. It's pure. It's, it's nice. See, so there was nothing wrong with the water. What was wrong? The pipes. Uh, and, but Jesus says, hey, there's nothing wrong with my water. Ain't nothing wrong with my pipes either. Uh, he's pure. He's holy. The third thing, the third distinction Jesus makes about himself here in Revelation 3 is of his kingship. His kingship. He says he is the king. Uh, he mentions that. Uh, he's, I who, who am the king. In other words, he's, he's got the key of David. 
All right? He, 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 he's, he's ruler over everything. He truly is king of kings. And we mentioned that before. Whenever we're saying he's the king of kings, those of you that heard that sermon years ago that I preached called King of the Road, you should know what we're talking about. He's the king of kings. Because how many know that pain is a king? Ever been sick? Doesn't pain really get to you? Illness? And, so it's a king. It rules over your body sometimes. Uh, then we have king temptation. How many have ever been tempted? It's a new, that's a new one. Four times. And that's algebra. Hallelujah. Uh, that's big time temptation. Well, temptation is a king too. Uh, can't wait for you in the morning. As soon as you get up, don't brush your teeth. Starts tempting you all kinds of stuff. Start thinking, start thinking about that. Uh, it's a king. How many know there's a king called Mammon? Money, 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 money. Don't give me that offering bucket. No, 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 no. Are you going to need me later? Money, money, money. Uh, it's a big king. Yeah. And then the worst king is King Death. Uh, it invades every household. It's, it's, it's messing with the Kennedys right now. It's acting all bad. But Jesus says he holds the keys to hell and death. None of these things hold water to Jesus. They don't have any weight to God. He's the king of temptation. He's the king of mammon. He's the king of pain. And pain can go into hospitals and turn it into a palace. But nah, 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 not according to God. God can come into a hospital and turn even death its subject, its servant. Uh, so he's the king of kings, and he makes that claim. Then fourth and lastly, the fourth thing is, okay, that not only does he have authority and, and, and rulership as being the king, but he does rule. In other words, he doesn't just have the title. He does rule. All right, he's a king, but he's a, he's, a, he's a king that rules, that doesn't fool around. Uh, he's a doer uh, of his authority. There's, there's action to his authority. He is a very present help, the Bible says, in time of what? Need. In other words, what have I said before? The Nikki Crew said one time, he says, if you ask Michael Jackson to come and help you, what's he going to tell you? Beat it. <laughs> but not Jesus. Call him here. Before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will, I will be with them. I will hear, the Bible says. I mean, remember, he can go, what do we, we have a sermon called, and nothing flat. He can be on one side of the galaxies of galaxies of galaxies of galaxies, and the minute you call him, he's right there. He'll be there. Uh, in other words, he's a, he, he's a ruler with action. Uh, he's a very present help in time of need. Jesus doesn't just sit idly by on his throne in heaven, waiting out the war. Uh, when kings go forth, Jesus goes forth. Matter of fact, no, not forth, he goes first. He'll be there. So we have a very active king. Can't you say thank God for that? I mean, he's going to get down and dirty with you. If you have a need, he'll jump down there and he'll be with you. Uh, can he, in other words, he's just not a king that sits on his throne all the time. All my royal, 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 royal subjects come and kiss my ring and my feet. And, no, 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 no. He'll get down and dirty with you. He'll leave his throne. He did it to come to earth. He left his throne in glory to come down and jump down and be with us. Then when he, then when he died and was on the cross and when he resurrected, he sent his comforter. In other words, we have a king that's concerned with us. Now, see, Jesus had, with the keys of David, the Bible says there he opened a big door for the church in Philadelphia that no one could shut. Didn't we read that? 
See, he has the key of David, and he opens, the Bible says, a big door for that church in Philadelphia. Does Victor R.H. Hayward currently have a big door open for us? Yeah. God is in the opening doors. See, Jesus is constantly opening doors for his people, for his church. The thing is, are the people willing to walk through those doors? That's the key. Huh? Remember, I, I preached last Sunday about others, others. And I got stuck on that word, others, and I liked it. I, that was a godly getting stuck. About Psalms 107, verse 23 and 24, says, others went out in ships. Others went out in ships. And we mentioned the fact that, hey, we want to be those other kind of Christians. We want to be the kind of Christians that, that, that get in the boat, that get in the ships and, and go out there where God hangs out on the deep. Others. Uh, and this is where the, word, the words of commendation, okay, to the church of Philadelphia begin. Are you with me? Right there's where they begin. He, he commends them. And I want us to be a church that God would commend as well. See, while God may open wide the doors, up to you and I to walk through them, it's, you, it's up to us to be able to do that. Are you going to get on the boat? Are you going to walk through the door? How are you going to act? That's what I'm trying to say. Are you willing to walk through the door that God opens? Are you willing to get on the boat that God has going out? Uh, see, and with those open doors, the Bible says no man can shut, not even ourselves. Not even ourselves. The Philadelphia church... They were able to pass through these doors because of the quality of character that they were made of. They had character. Uh, and character is something, you know, that, that, that you acquire. You have to pay the price for character. It's not a gift. Uh, character is, is one of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, you've got to go out and get it. The gifts of the Spirit, oh, I speak in tongues, that's a gift. Uh, you can't brag about it. Somebody gave you a gift. Well, I have the gift of preaching. So, that, that doesn't make me any different than you. The, the fruit of the Spirit is different. The fruit of the Spirit is, is you got to earn that thing. How do you earn it? You come to church. <laughs> uh, you, you read your Bible. You pray. You fast. You pray the price. You pay the price. That's how you acquire character. And this church had character. They had quality of character. The Church of Philadelphia. That's why they were able to go through these doors. See, church, trials tell us who you are. Show me your trials and I'll show you who you are. Uh, the church in Philadelphia, as the church of Smyrna, had been through some heavy trials. You've been through some trials lately? Then you're developing character, spunk in your life. Now, in the Spirit's commendation of the church of Philadelphia, he tells them and he commends them by saying, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. This was one of the reasons given for the success. You've kept my word and you haven't denied my name. You ever talk to me and say, brother, Pastor Steve, how's it going? What do I want to say? It's Jesus. How's it going? Jesus. Because we don't want to deny his name. That's how you put yourself in success and bless his way. The Philadelphia church was fiercely loyal to Christianity and to the gospel. Okay? The words kept and not denied. They have a sense of, of struggle. They have a sense of fight to them. In other words, the words, are you with me? You have kept. The word kept and the word not denied, they have a sense of, of they're fighting words. But they are. You kept the faith. Aquí para Pastor Steve. Ah, here is Victor Eric Hayward, and I hope you don't like the devil. Ah, they're fighting words. I kept the faith. You have not denied my name. You went out there and you put it out in the open market, hallelujah, where it belongs. They're fighting words. See, we can picture the, the Philadelphia church having to, to, to make a stand and having to sacrifice in order to keep and retain their Christianity. That's what we have to do as Christians. 
Uh, we have to make a stand. We've got to sacrifice to hold on to the Christianity God has given us. See, more than a few times, the people of that church of Philadelphia had to make stands against the evil forces regarding the things of God. And the Bible says God was pleased. He commends them. See, more than a few times they had to make a stand for God. Because remember, they belonged to a place where there was Jews that said they were Jews that weren't really Jews. They were wannabe Jews. So what that means is what, the, is what I mentioned earlier in my message, how the church of Smyrna was being persecuted because there were Jews there that were kiss-ups to the Roman government. Are you with me? So they had to deal with people that thought they were doing right by coming against the early church, persecuting them, sawing them in half, dipping them in pitch, lighting them up. You want to be the light of the world? They would put up a light to them and make them a torch. Heavy persecution. I mean, we're talking serious business here. In America, uh, you know, well, I guess I'll go to church today. Uh, sometimes we got some flaky Christians. Uh, but back then, if you want to be a Christian, you, you had to pay the price sometimes. Uh, but it says, you haven't denied my name. You fought. So Jesus says, I commend you. I commend you. That's why, to tell you the truth, yes, we're going to grow and God wants us to do that. But I'd rather have a committed, 400 committed Christians than 4,000 mob. A bunch of wannabes that won't stand. No, 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 no. Because it doesn't really matter. When it's all going to burn off, it's all going to be dross. I want to, I'd rather be a church that's going to be commended, not condemned. See, the Philadelphia people, they were true blue to the things of God. That's what I want for you. They were loyal advocates to the study of Scripture. That's what it says, you have kept my word. Uh, like, like Manuel was saying, they studied the Bible. My wife, what did my wife say? Don't take it lightly when she, I asked her, Josie's, tell them something. Josie's been around the block 49 or 56 times, and a lot of times. Uh, she's been saved a number of years, longer than me. Uh, and so when I asked, what did she say? Study. Study. That's what's kept me, she said. Uh, and that's, that, that's what the church in Philadelphia had done. They studied. That's why they were kept. They studied the word of God. I've said it before. The most learned man in the Old Testament was Moses. He, was very, he studied a lot. God used him the most. The most learned man in the New Testament was Paul. He studied a lot, and God used him the most. You want to be used of God? Study. Uh, they were loyal. They were not only loyal to God's word, but they also, the Bible says, they were loyal to Christ himself. You have not denied my name. You've kept my word, and you have not denied my name. In other words, they were loyal to Jesus himself. In other words, they not only knew the Bible, they also intimately knew the author. I like that. Uh, I think one time Richard Burton was in, in uh, Argentina someplace and they asked him, because he was an actor, to, to quote uh, uh, Psalms 23. And he, he, you know, it was in some banquet, some dinner, and he quoted, he said, he read the Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Elizabeth Taylor. He maketh me to lie down. Oh my God, let's go on in green pastures. Huh? But he, he, it was real, real nice the way he said it. And everybody started clapping. Oh, it was nice. Then a little bellboy that was a waiter there at the day, he came and he got behind the pulpit. He didn't read it. He, then he quoted it. When he said it, I mean, he brought down the house. And then Richard Burton got behind the, pulpit, behind the podium again. He says, listen, you know, I might know the 23rd Psalms. He says, but this guy knows a shepherd. Uh, I mean, see, that's the way the Philadelphia church was. They knew intimately not only the Bible but the author. That's so key. That's why my wife was talking about prayer too. That's how you get to know God intimately. They were a balanced church. Not just knowledgeable because knowledge puffs up, the Bible says. But they were on fire. 
They were on fire. That's what we need to be as well as a church, on fire for God, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, they were spreading that fire of God's word wherever God would open doors. Huh? Listen to what I just said. Since they were on fire, since they knew the word, since they were on fire, wherever God would open a door, they were spreading that fire. They were spreading that word anywhere God would open a door. That's the way we need to be. People like that. Manila, God opened a door. Hallelujah. God's opening a door in Jakarta, Indonesia. We got to go. Korea, China. I just got a letter from China again. Some friends of mine, when I was there, they're still doing a work for God. And they're like, really in like in first base when it comes to rehab. We've already been hit all kinds of home runs. We know what we're doing. The God's opening doors in China. And somebody's got to be willing to go. That's the way the Philadelphia church was. That's the way we need to be. Uh, Richard wasn't afraid to go. Uh, he wasn't afraid to go. He, when God opened the door to Manila, he went. The, I'm telling you, the doors are open in Hong Kong. We're already a licensed church there. All we're waiting for is somebody. Somebody. It could be you or you. Uh, we're waiting. The door's open. Secondly, the second reason, okay, that, you know, they're uh, commended and, and, you know, the reason for their success and the reason for their ability to walk through doors was due to their little strength. Okay? Due to their little strength. First of all, they kept God's word. They did not deny his name. Secondly, the reason they were being blessed is because thou art weak. They recognized their weakness. Ah. In other words, they didn't, they didn't try to pretend to be somebody that they weren't. The church there had passed through these doors even in its weaknesses. That's heavy. Ah. Which means, my friend, it took a whole lot of faith. We ain't got too much bucks. We ain't got too much money. We're not that big. We're not, but hey, if God's opened the door, hey, let's go through it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Nike, you should copy me. Just do it. There it is. That takes faith to do those things. But that's what this church had done. And they were commended for it. Ah. And this is the way, you know, you know, you know what their mentality was uh, of these people? They did it with the mentality that if God was their guide, then God would provide. That was it. If God opened the door, he'll provide. And in this way, God will get the glory. The Philadelphia church had that, what have we got to gain mentality? Not what have we got to lose. What have we got to gain? Uh, that, that type of a faith. Just like the four lepers in 2 Kings chapter 7, remember that? The four key, uh, lepers. They said, what do we got to gain? Well, let's, let's go over there and, and let's go deal with the Syrian army. They went through the doors and what happened? They conquered. The, the Jewish people couldn't even believe it. And, and you can read it there in 2 Kings chapter 7. They couldn't believe it. You mean you four little rumpkins, you four lepers conquered the whole hundreds of thousands of Assyrian army? Yeah, we did it. Well, through God's help. All we did was walk through the doors. He opened the doors and we went. And there's plenty of, of gold where this came from. There's plenty of food there. Ah, faith. That's what happened. That's the way the Philadelphia church was. And God would do the rest. Ah, remember what we said last week regarding Psalm 107? That God hangs out in the deep waters. Ah, the, the deep waters of faith. And all he's doing is just waiting for somebody to come along. We covered that last week. Psalm 107, verses 23 and 24. Others, these saw the wonderful works of God, his marvelous works in the deep. See, God hangs out there in the deep. And he's only waiting for people to come along that will walk through the doors. He's waiting for people, 
my friend, maybe four lepers to come along. And that gets them going. Oh, here come the four lepers. Oh, here come three guys with three phone numbers in their pocket. Got to get to work. Sorry, Gabriel. It was fun while it lasted. But we got some people with faith out here. We're not the only boat out here now. Ah, hallelujah. And they're not on a cruise ship either. There's a battleship right here. Victory Outreach, here they come. They hang out there in the deep waiting for somebody to, 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 you know, maybe they haven't got a church yet and they're waiting to walk through the doors. That's where God hangs out, waiting for people of faith like that. So God, my friend, his strength was once again made perfect in weakness. They said, I know, we're, we're not weak, we're, we're not strong, we're weak. And that's why they were strong. They were depending totally, depending totally on God. And not getting to the point of the place where they believe or they think that they had arrived. Then finally and ultimately, God gives the Philadelphia church three promises as their rewards. Okay, number one. The three promises I'm going to give them to three Ps. Three Ps in a bot. Okay, privilege, purpose, and power. And with that, I'm going to close. See, in other words, these people that were willing to walk through doors by faith, God rewards them. And he rewards them with three things. Number one, he gives them a privilege. Privileges. He says, I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God and a new name. See, name carries with it the condition or, or, or you know, uh, 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 of character. It carries with it a connotation of character. The name. Name. Oh, so you're a Kennedy. Ah, mm, Steve Pineda Jr. I knew your mom. Hallelujah. Huh? I knew your parents. See, name carries with it a connotation of character. Name symbolizes character. Remember I told you the church in Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia had character. The church in Hayward has to have character. See, when a name is given to you, or put upon you, it carries with it a lot of meaning and a lot of background. Even us, Victory Outreach. I mean, Pastor Sonny Argazzoni, we carry that name. Now, I, I count it a privilege to carry the name of Victory Outreach. I don't know about you. But to identify with Sonny Argazzoni and, 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 you know, Pastor Sonny is one of the a powerful, powerful men. And we're of his loins. Nikki Cruz, David Wilkerson, th those are names that we identify with. And we got to live up to those names. Victory Outreach, we're raising the standard in Victory Outreach. Ah, so we got to carry that name. And these, he says, you're going to have a new name, he tells them. Then the book of Revelation says, they would, you know, they were given this name. And it had a name of the new city, which is the new Jerusalem. Uh, he says, I'm going to give you an, uh, God's name. I'm going to give you my name. He says, I'm going to give you the name of the city, the new Jerusalem. Oftentimes, there's a certain telltale sign that people can spot when a person's from. Uh, when they belong to a certain... Area, certain region, or a certain city. I'm from Boston. Boston. New York. New York, man. I'm a New Yorker. Uh, New Yorker. There's certain telltale signs that you know where the guy's from. Remember Peter? When he cussed out the little girl. What did he say? You are the Galilean. Because you, your speech gives you away. Well, see, the same thing should apply with a, a Christian. The Bible says that we believers are citizens of heaven. And thus, my friend, there should be certain telltale signs that we can, you know, prove to the people that we're citizens of, of the heavenly city. And sometimes the way to spot us is by what we don't say as to what others might say or what others might do. 
We don't do those things. Uh, in other words, they can spot us by what we don't say. You know, that that guy doesn't cuss or raise a fuss, then he's not one of us. Because we don't. Uh, but they should be able to spot it in, in our different type of conduct or in our, our brotherly love. Um, or, you know, our, our courage in, in the face of danger. Man, that victory average is always doing something. In, in your strong faith, in your peace, in the middle of confusion. That's how they can spot you're a Christian. Uh, man, look at this. Look what happened in, this, the, 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 you know, in their family. Look what happened over here. And they're, they're very peaceful. They're very still content. What's wrong with them? It's nothing wrong with us. What's right with us? That's how they can spot us. Uh, we belong to a heavenly city. Signs like this should set us apart. These are privileges of the people who walk through God's open door. Secondly, the second P is power. Look at verse 10 of Revelation chapter 3. I'm getting close to closing. Power. Christ promises the Philadelphia church uh, his keeping power. Verse 10 says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. See, according to verse 10, Jesus is a lot like electricity. Stay with me now as I get close to closing. What do you mean Jesus is a lot like electricity? See, with electricity, electricity will serve you and I if we keep its laws. If you don't, but if you keep the laws of electricity, it'll keep you. It'll keep you warm. It'll keep you lit up. It'll keep you enlightened. Uh, well, the same thing, that's the way Jesus is. If you keep his word, he'll keep you lit up. He'll keep you safe. He'll protect you. He's a lot like electricity, like health. If you keep the laws of health, you're going to be healthy. If you don't, keep the laws of health. You're going to have to suck it up. That's the way I do when I'm taking pictures. I go, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Sometimes I don't quite keep the laws of health. So they can't keep me fit. And I, I can't be kept fit because I'm not keeping up the laws. But the Philadelphia church had kept the laws of God. So God was going to keep them fit. You want God to keep you fit? Then you keep his laws. You keep his commandments. And you'll be spiritually fit. Are you with me? Uh, see, in other words, because we've pleased and kept God's ways, nothing is able to, to stop us. Nothing can get in our way. Then finally, okay, Ours and the Philadelphia church's reward for exhibiting faith and walking through God's doors that he opens was purpose. Look at verse 12. He gave them purpose. He gave them power. He gave them privilege. Then in verse 12, he gave them purpose. Do you have verse 12 there? Look what it says there. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name. In other words, he's going to make us a pillars. Here Jesus is saying that he's going to make us useful for his kingdom. How many of you want to be useful? I mean I, I mean, I want my life to have purpose. And we talked about it last Sunday night. When you become a Christian, you have purpose in your life. When you get up, you can get, oh, man, all right. Uh, the devil's there, oh, my God, he's awake again. Because you have purpose and meaning now in your life. Before, man, I need a girlfriend. <laughs> I need a girlfriend. Oh, she, lo she likes me. And you had purpose. Hi, honey. You really like little old me? Golly. So you had purpose. Oh, my girlfriend. Then Sancho came along. 
Anybody seen my heart? It's easy to spot because it's broken in pieces. <laughs> if you see it, will you let me know? I don't feel like getting up today. <laughs> she cut me. I'm going to kill Sancho. <laughs> I got purpose again. I got to find him. Uh. Hey, God will give you purpose. He wants to use your life. He wants to make you a pillar in the house of our God. Uh. And that's what a, a pillar refers to. Christ promises to make us pillars in his house, in his church. Now the Bible says Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. Then it also says the apostles are the foundation. But you and I are the living stones that make up the church of God. But beyond the living stones, we can be pillars. The church in Smyrna me, and the church in Philadelphia, they were pillars. They were not just regular living stones. They were pillars in the house of God. Ah, And the same thing, my friend, with... with you know, they had faith, they had character in that church. So they were pillars in God's house. Notice he says, pillars, not pillows. I want to be a pillow. Pillars of purpose. See, a pillar supports something. It helps to hold up the church. And that's where I got my title. Hold up, not hold up. Because a lot of us, we hold up the work of God. I don't know if I'm going to go to church today. I don't think so. And it's a leader. Man. I said before, there's a difference in membership and leadership. I mean, if you're a leader and you, and you cop an attitude, you can hold us up. Big time. We, got, we get leaders like that. You say, you're kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll point them out to you right now. They're not that bad. Just want to wake you up. <gasps> Get my binoculars, Matilda. Get my binoculars. I want to see that guy's face when Pastor points him out. Uh, but we have leaders' cup attitudes, and they hold us up. They're not pillars, they're pillows. Uh, because some Christians are not supporters at all, rather, they're the opposite. See, pillars support, they support the ministry, but some of these don't support. They're holding up the progress and the process. They're holding up the things of God. How? By robbing God. This is a hold up God. Raise your hands and praise yourself. Uh, raise your hands and praise yourself. Come on. Because I'm not going to praise you. Uh, for sure. Not with my money anyways. So we rob God. We hold up God. When you don't pay your tithes, you're holding up God. That's the title of my sermon. Hold up. Or hold up. Ah. See, there are two types of people in churches. Lifters and leaners. Those who help support it and those who have to be supported. See, I mentioned before, in the beginning of Christianity, like the people that graduated here today from the new members class, to you, those of you that are new to the church, what the church is to you is a hotel. In the beginning. Right now, those of you that graduated, we're a hotel. Here I'm the hotel manager. <laughs> Ding! Get her a room. Oh yes, yes, she grabbed. Oh yes, take care of her. No, no. Okay, will you, will you take the luggage, please? Okay, thank you. You're, you're okay. All right, Brother Johnson. Hey, Brother Johnson will take you up to your room. Yes, okay. Do you not have to tip him? It's okay. He's a tither. Don't worry. Hallelujah. He's a supporter. Hallelujah. Uh, he's a lifter, not a leaner. Uh, so it's like a hotel. You know, we make your bed for you. 
we teach you we all this stuff. We even leave a little uh, chocolate thing on your, on your pillow. Uh, pillow. Right there for you. <laughs> How that worked out. Somebody's brain. Uh, ring. Uh, Mrs. Jones, this is the manager. This is your 8 o'clock wake up. Oh, thank you, thank you. Huh? We have a late parking for you. How nice. See, in the beginning, when you're, you know, that, that, it's a hotel. But sooner or later, the hotel turns into a home. And we got a lawnmower waiting for you. Uh, that later on, the church becomes, you got to support it. Not just supporting you all day. You got to be a supporter. Uh, an eternal life supporter. Hallelujah. See, and that's what was happening here. Uh, by us acquiring a new building, that opportunity will lend itself to all of us to support that new building. I wonder how many of you are going to be coming by and supporting us. There's, there's a whole lot of work to do on the horizon. Whatever you're an expertise on, come on, we're going to need you. And the manager of that house is going to be there a lot. And you come by, Pastor, I can do that. I mean, we're going we're to have so much to do. But the thing is, it's all ours now. Uh, it's going to be all ours. Man. It's always in its place. Always. A pillar is always in its place. Look at those, those things right there. See, those are pillars. They're there all the time. We've decorated them. But those are pillars. They're always in their place. They're always at its post. Reliable. Steadfast. Unmovable. Something or someone you can count on. Uh, the other day I was, I was with one of the guys that's here today too. He's one of the brothers in the church. And we were talking and you know how we're, we're going to be doing things. And he goes, well, yes, but when am I going to be sent out? And I go, brother, you've been sent out. You came with me. I was sent out and you're with me. You're going to help me, bro? He goes, oh, I like that. I said, but the Bible says when you give a prophet a glass of water, you have the prophet's reward. See, in other words, what I'm trying to say, what I told him, I'm telling you, you have been sent out. All of you. You came out with me and my wife. And when you help us, you're helping, you have the same reward. The, the, the Smyrna church and the Philadelphia church had their reward. I'm talking about the rewards that they had here. Ah. See, a pillar always supports his or her church. He or she doesn't, you know, uh, come to church on Sunday, but talk about it on Monday. I'm getting close to closing, but I've got to read that again. A pillar always supports its church. Always. That's what a pillar is. Doesn't come to church on Sunday and, and talk about it on Monday. That's not a lifter, that's a leaner. Lean not on your own understanding. See, these pillars of the Philadelphia church were a thing of beauty. So much so that verse 9 says other people were coming to see it. They said, man, it's so they were bowing down to it. That's what verse 9 says. Let me read verse 9 and then I'm done. Let me read you verse 9. It talks about it. They were, pillars are beautiful things. It says, I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet 
and acknowledge that I have loved you. In other words, pillars are spotted. That's what we've decorated these. They're spotted. They're easy to spot. Oh, look at those things. Strong, steadfast, unshakable. They're always there. We're going to need pillars in this church to make it stand for always and always. I wonder if you'll be one of those. Are you going to hold us up or are you going to hold us up? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. This is a hold up. Are you going to support? Or are you going to need support? In the beginning, it's okay. We'll support you. We'll take care of you. It's a hotel kind of an atmosphere. That's the way it's supposed to be. But later on, sooner or later, it's, it's time to work for God. It's time to labor in the vineyard. It's time to have purpose in your life. Have reason in your life. A reason for being, a reason for living. living. Purpose. Every head is bowed and every act closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry. What an opportunity. We lay at the threshold of a new future. If there was ever a sermon that should be preached to us, it's this one. I know that it was a bit lengthy, but it was a teaching as well as a preaching. But I was trying to get this point across that we're there right now. We're like the Philadelphia church. And God wants to commend us. He wants to commend you personally, as well as us as a whole, in general, as a church. But I'm praying for pillars. I'm praying for pillars. You're a pillar. Beautiful. They're able to spot. I want to be like that. I want to be like you. Pillars are the greatest testimony God can use. Because people want to be like you. They spiritually envy you. They want to they have what you have. But don't be a leaner. Don't be one that will come to church on Sunday and then talk about your church on Monday and Tuesday. That's not a supporter. So every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry. I want to ask you all to stand your feet right there where you're at. Everybody stand, please. I'm not going to make an altar call. I'm just going to pray for all of you. Join hands, would you, across the aisles. Lord, as a manager of this hotel, and as a spiritual father of this church, I pray for the newcomers, the new members, the new ones, that we would help support them in any way that we can. They're brand new, they're babies, they're young, they're infants. They cannot take care of themselves. But Lord, there's so many people here that can. Pray that we would get on our job and do what we're supposed to do. And especially those that were new up here, Lord God, that we would our heart would go out to them, but not only our heart, but we would be like you, not only a king, but an authoritative king, Lord God, but a, an action king. It would be people of action. We would go get down and dirty where we need to be. You did. You left your throne in glory. Let us do the very same thing. Let us follow suit. Let us pay home visits. Let us call people. Let us offer ourselves as hotel operators and hotel workers. But then also, Lord God, let us become people that will support the home, that will mow the lawn, that will do the dishes, that will put up the pictures, Lord God, that will do all that we can to be a support to hold up Victory Outreach Hayward and not hold up Victory Outreach Hayward. We want to be pillars. I pray for pillars to come out of this church and stay and remain here always, always. Some that are not going to go out. They're already out. They've been sent here with us to hold us up. 
trying times and difficult times and to be there backing us up back to back partners with us Lord God knowing they're called to be pillars in the house of God we have so many sermons about people going out and taking cities and we intend to send people out as you open doors we'll go out in faith many of them will go towards the Orient South America and the animals parts of our nation and the world China Lord God Jakarta, Indonesia, Korea doors that are already open for us and somebody got to walk through those doors others that will get on ships but right now I'm praying for the others that are going to stay here I pray for everyone here I've had them all make the altar call Lord would you come and impress the need of this church to every heart that is standing I know that you're a faithful God impress the need we're on the threshold of opening and walking through a new door of our place of our own. We're going to need help. Use their gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, and their talents. Let this church be a church that will be well known. We've waited for 18 years, Lord God, to, that we have, Lord God, not only the people, but a, a spacious place. We claim, Lord God, the next door property. We'll be able to acquire that as well, Lord God, and build a big sanctuary there, Lord God, and have the rehab home there. Timothy home there Lord God hallelujah raise up warriors of your word that will keep your word and not deny your name in Jesus name I pray amen as you remain standing and holding hands just remain let's do a song maybe a song hopefully that will properly go with the sermon